0: Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties, listen to the questions you have.
1: We find pros in the know to help you learn.
2: And connect with our amazing VO community.
1: Welcome Welcome to to VO VO Booth Booth Besties. All right. Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. To stay up to date on our upcoming schedule, you'll want to be part of our weekly email list, Swing by swingbyboothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email and we'll get you added. And if you haven't joined our VO Booth Besties Facebook group, we're having lots of fun. Come join us there too. As usual, if you have questions as the interview goes on, because linkedin audio events doesn't have a chat feature yet and yes we've had words and we've emailed them um if you have a question that we don't cover just dm us or message us and we'll figure out how to get it included in the interview anyway we also want to give a special welcome to tim powers who is joining us today he's actually going to be a speaker um and be interviewed later on, but he joined us today on this really important topic. Uh, he's been in the industry a long time, and we're really glad he's here. Welcome, Tim. You want to test Thank your you, mind?
3: Jen. Happy to be here. Thumbs up if you can hear me. Yes, okay, delightful. Yes, I've been <laughs> around a, a good long time. Thank you for having me. Super fun. I'm big fans of what you're doing.
0: Our discussion today is one that affects everybody in every industry and really honestly, at every level. Um, Roadblocks in our career can be anything from a momentary stumbling block to a permanent detour that takes us on a completely different path than we anticipated. Um, We asked in our Facebook group what your biggest struggles and roadblocks are, and we want to go through some of the most common ones and talk about how we've dealt with these in our own careers. So we're just going to kind of roll through them and chat. And we would love conversation. If you guys want to, uh, again, send that to us in a message, we will read it out loud. Um, so we want to start with just overwhelm. I think that's the first thing. I I don't know about you guys, but I remember at VO Atlanta last year, a lot of people would come up and they had just started to kind of listen to the show or whatever. And they're like, I've been to all these classes and I don't know where to begin. I feel like I need to do so many things all at once. I need to have a website. I need to be doing marketing. I need to have a demo. I need to be doing coaching. And they just, you could see like that deer in the headlights look, right?
3: Yeah. the It's what I, what I tell a lot of my students is you don't need to buy all the stuff and do all the things, you know, there's so much, everybody's out there. Uh, asking for money, there's workshops, there's equipment, there's coaching, there's everything. And when you're brand new, it's like walking into Walmart and going, what do I need? I don't know. And what's really the most important thing? Right? It's your act and your auditioning. Beyond that, everything else is great. Like, don't sweat the microphone. You know, people, like, the first question people ask me all the time is, what microphone do I need? And my line which has gotten a lot of mileage is a good microphone no more makes you a voice actor than a Fender Stratocaster makes you Eric Clapton, right? <laughs> what is, what is the most basic thing you need to do to get started? And it's work on your acting. Make sure you've got good acting. Cause no, there's no setting in your, uh, in your audio software to add talent. So, amen. you know, the prioritize, right? You, the time will come. You miss an audition there's another one coming in 10 minutes they're like city buses you know um like and there's there's huge FOMO in this industry people freak out about not being in the right place or subscribing to the right podcast here's the secret that nobody ever tells you there's no path there's no predetermined path every single person you have spoken to in this industry everyone you look up to everybody from Bob Bergen and Tom Kenny to Tim Powers right the entire spectrum we've all gotten here a different way so you know if you're looking for how do i do it like you did i i, I don't know how did the beatles get to be the beatles you know for every beatles there's 500 dave clark fives
1: it's if so that true. analogy
3: means a darn thing to anybody right <laughs> there there's no one way so where do you begin where you want to begin right? If it gives you a sense of accomplishment to set up your booth, set up your booth. If it gives you a sense of accomplishment to turn in an audition on one of the pay to play sites, then do that. What just take one little bit of action every day. I had a student one time. He's like, I don't know what to do. I don't have my equipment. I'm moving, uh, but I want to take action. I said, dude, grab a book off your bookshelf and just read out loud for 10 minutes a day. That's it. Yes, and if you do I if love you that, do that you're, you're moving forward, right? The universe, I hate to get all woo-woo about it, but the universe <laughs> will honor your intention. And if you make one step forward, no matter what it is, the universe will honor your intention and the rest will come. But I love the you,
0: go. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
3: Oh, that's okay. Uh if you if you are paralyzed by not taking action, do anything. Right? Because the worst thing you can do is nothing.
0: I love it. I love the song from Frozen 2. You can tell I have a bunch of kids. Um, She says, do the next right thing, right? Like, I'm in the dark. I don't know what to do. I think that a lot of voice actors get caught in that, the paralyzing overwhelm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you're you're saying just pick something and do it. Take an acting class, read a book out loud, to your microphone, practice, download some scripts. Um, One thing that we like to talk about is that or that I specifically like to talk about, is that a lot of voice actors get caught up in um, focusing on the little things that they can control, like your website or buying the right microphone or, you know, and, and they're, they'll get so caught up on that that they'll be like, I have to have the perfect logo. I, I did this. I'll bet, I'll bet half of the people listening at least thought that they spent hours and hours and hours on their logo or their website just like dialing in on it. And truthfully, it's just picking something and working on it and then moving on, right? (laughs) Yes. You have a lovely logo, Tim.
3: (laughs) Thank you very much. But I'll tell you what, I designed my logo myself watching a baseball game on TV and just penciled it out and then sent it to a buddy of mine. That was it. Um, There's so much stuff that you can do, but at the end of the day, there's so much that's out of your control, right? Yes. And that's why Oh, the, people think it's a process a plus b equals c this is not a meritocracy you can have the best audition in the world you can be a phenomenal actor and still not get the part you can have your audio equalized beautifully you can have the proper microphone whatever but if if your audition doesn't match the producer's vision doesn't matter furthermore if i'm auditioning against the casting director's boyfriend i probably didn't stand a chance anyway and that's completely out of my control i don't care right you know think about all the all the parts that um you know people have auditioned for historically in hollywood and never gotten
1: well you you are you are just throwing softballs our way so this is exactly where we want to go with this conversation so jt i want to turn it over to you let's talk about these roadblocks, as it pertains to, you know, people say, ah, I, you know, I don't have the right studio space, so therefore I can't start, or I don't know how to do the proper editing, or like Tim had said, you know, do I EQ? Do I do all these things? People say a lot of times that's one of their biggest roadblocks is figuring out all the techie stuff. And so you are the ideal person to speak to that. What do you say to people who just feel stuck and overwhelmed in the tech department?
2: You need to start with a very basic editing program. Understand. Um, There's YouTube videos for everything. And generally, some of those free programs are going to be easier to learn, easier to manipulate. As far as your microphone, if you happen to be lucky enough to live near um, a guitar center, and they have mics that you can go in and test, because not every mic is going to work with every voice. It's just not the TLM 103. I sound terrible on that. <laughs> so, it's just not for me. Same. I,
0: I bought yeah. the TLM 103. I bought the 102. I tried, uh, yeah, multiple microphones thinking I would find the perfect microphone for me. I never did. I
3: just I just replaced a U87 with a $75 microphone. And my audio is my, my, perf- like, every, I'm getting feedback from my clients going, your audio is 100 times better.
0: You know That's everybody so listening wants to know what mic you're using. Come on. That's it. It is
3: the Monoprice LC200 stage left microphone available from the Monoprice company. The this current mic is an MXL V900 uh that I bought just for optics cuz it looks cool.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. It does look pretty cool. Bought it
3: at a garage sale for 50 bucks.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: So what about studio space, JT? What do you say um, people, I think that finding a good studio space is a huge roadblock for people. Like you've gotten your coaching, you know, you're ready to start booking. You want to, you start auditioning, but maybe your kids are yelling and screaming or the neighbor's mowing his lawn every day. Like how do you get past that roadblock?
2: That was hard. I started my first studio in an attic in an 1828 house with alcoves and, Angles and all the things, you've just got to put up the moving blankets around you, and there is only so much you can control. I mean, I'm in a booth, but if my neighbor is outside the window with a weed whacker, you're gonna hear it a little bit in here. So, finding a a space where you can consistently sound the same, keep your mic in the same spot, block the corners. Make your PVC fort. It. it doesn't have to cost a lot. I saw bundles of moving blankets at Sam's Clubs, like 10 of them for $70. That's yeah. more than enough to make yourself a booth.
3: They're ridiculously cheap. If there's a harbor freight in your neighborhood, they're eight bucks each.
2: There you go. And you need, what, well, like two or three?
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people still have a little bit of prejudice of what this industry is. And they think back to like the opening scene of Mrs. Doubtfire when Robin Williams is in this expensive uh, equipment uh, room, you know, like a, at a Disney studio or something like that with these giant reel-to-reel machines, right? <laughs> and and like these giant RCA ribbon microphones that that look like they're right out of the 30s. And he just shows up and vomits brilliance. And what people don't know... Is the optics don't matter, right? All you need is just uh, just uh, uh, have your studio certified by somebody who knows what they're talking about, and just do the job. Just act. That's that's it. Just act. Yeah. Don't stress out about all that stuff because it's it's fairly easy and fairly affordable. Um, none of you are old enough to remember cutting magnetic tape, but any program. Learned. All right, JT. Cool. So, you know, it, and let me tell you the simplest audio editing software way easier and way more forgiving than cutting magnetic tape. Right. Uh huh. Yeah,
2: for sure. So you kids have it easy. I think you, you said the key.
0: <laughs> I think you said the key that, um, it's having someone else give you some in input into your booth i felt for the longest time like something wasn't right in my sound i was frustrated and it's really and truly because i was used to a different sound and when i moved into the studio bricks booth i i could something just sounded off to me and i was literally obsessing about it and i did dan leonard's specimen cup and it's like 20 bucks 25 bucks yeah. something like that and you send him some audio and he wrote me back and he was like your audio is perfect stop obsessing about it you're being obnoxious like he was, he was very <laughs> he was very frank with me and he was like stop obsessing about this your audio is fine and and i've stopped worrying about it okay i lied i still sometimes i'm like what if my you know what if it's not right it's just i think it's one of those things that we just get stuck on um so yeah get some professional feedback Yeah. And it's not as expensive as you think. Like I said, 20 bucks and you can, I mean, it might be more than that now. It might be 30. I don't know. But you can uh, you can get somebody to tell you where you need to move from there. So what about with performance? Uh, JT, we we've talked a lot about how there's these things that we had in our careers that were holding us back that we didn't know. We didn't know. For me, it was that I was cutting and pasting my audio into all sorts of little pieces to get one perfect finished take, and it was making me sound like a robot. And I didn't know I sounded like a robot until I got some coaching.
2: Yeah. You can't Frankenstein your takes together. They're just not the same. Especially if you're trying to do two takes. They've got to sound different. Just start over. Or mark where you've made the mistake and start the sentence over in the same tone. I mean, maybe it's me because I've done this for so long, but I can be mid sentence and just stop, like, feel free to just DM me and shit. Just DM me to shut up, you know, and pick up so that when you do edit it, it doesn't sound like two different takes, but you can't take two fully different takes and put together. Oh, I like this sentence. And I like that one. It's not going to work.
0: Yeah. So, but those are things that, you know, we, we'd say a lot. NJ, one of your favorite phrases, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So how do you get past that roadblock of I'm not booking? I know there's something wrong in my audio. What do I need to do to fix it? How do you move past that performance wise?
1: I think one of the you know, well, the main reason we even came into existence was to support talent was to connect to listen to to not only help educate but connect people with educators and so i would say the first thing is quit sealing yourself off in a bubble right i mean that's one of the first things we we do is if you self-isolate that's a huge missed opportunity i mean we you can't walk a foot and not hear somebody go god the voiceover industry is so nice like the voiceover community is so great if you are making the choice to not engage and participate and be a part of said community, that's really one of the first places you're, you are you can't grow, right? Ask the questions because Tim said it too. We've all said it. There is no straight line. There is no, hey, I did this path. I assure you my path is 1000% different than all three of yours. But the key being Everybody had to start somewhere. You didn't just come into it like a rock star and you're like, yeah, I didn't have any struggles. Space, please. I had my, you know, it was perfect. And I just knew the right microphone had the budget. No. And so being vulnerable, asking the questions, asking it of like, you know, people in your community. You know, there are some outliers who get frustrated, who are tired of supporting, you know, new or newer talent, who, you know, have just not the best attitude about it. However, my point being is you got to have the, be vulnerable, but have the confidence to, to come into the conversation. That's what I'm trying to say is you got to join the conversation, ask questions because yes, like AV said, you don't know what you don't know. And how many times have we heard it, Tim? I'm sure you have with your students. People have invested money, lots of money, and then went, wait, once they got going, I didn't need that. Well, that was wrong. Why didn't I know about that? And I shouldn't have done this course. And, oh, I used that demo producer, but I just found them on Google and thought they'd be a good choice, right, A.B.?
0: It reminds me of when you have a baby and everybody tells you all the things that <laughs> yes. you have to have and you <laughs> buy all this crap and then you don't even use half of it. You know, like who needs a wipes warmer in Arizona? You don't, <laughs> you know, the
1: first thing that came to my mind, everybody's <laughs> like, you need a wipes warmer. I'm like, it's on their butt for three and a half seconds. No, I don't. We're good.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of that stuff in the voiceover industry. And one of the things I think is vital is external feedback. And you can get that from the community. You can get that through mentorship. Gravy for the Brain has a mentorship program. Wobo has a mentorship program. If you hop on Booth Besties on the Facebook group and say, hey, is anybody willing to mentor me? I guarantee you someone will be willing to say, yeah, let, like, let's connect. Um, I know there's some great people in the online forums, like Emma Andrews, like, is always willing to give give advice and help people. Um, John Gardner, like, there's us. But We're always out there. Is, right. What
1: you're saying is, you're reiterating what I said, is you have to get involved. Yes. This, this journey, you can think it's a solo journey. You can think, oh, I got this. I'll do it on my own. I'll figure it out. I won't lie. I No, I didn't really think like that. But I did moments where I'm like, I got this. I'm good. And you know what? I'm making a phone call. I'm sending a text. Hey, yep. how should I word that you will, if you do not join the community, people, I've had another uh, gentleman who was like, yeah, I don't connect with other voice actors. They're my competition. And I don't view it like that <laughs> no. at all. I view it, <laughs> right? I view it as, as a, this is camaraderie it is peers it's colleagues i never view it as competition go tim
3: okay first of all jen nobody is ever gonna put us on the same specs just never gonna happen right so you're not my competition but every other chubby middle-aged white guy from the midwest is in fact my competition and many of the men in this industry are my dearest Closest friends. And when they book a job that I audition for, no one applauds louder than I do. Right. Yep. It's, it's beautiful. So, yep. uh, if you are not booking, f- spend $25 to make sure your audio is good because that's a thing under your control. And then the most important thing you can do is be the best actor you can be. Period. Uh let me flip that coin, Jen. On uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, right? Four, three or four years ago, there was literally a microphone shortage on Amazon. You could not buy a new microphone on Amazon. Why? Because every Yahoo in Potosi, Missouri, who was on lockdown, thought that they could make a million dollars in their underwear from their closet reading a piece of paper. None of them bothered to learn how to act. And the forums were full of, well, they're only hiring, you know, famous people and people with experience and people who know how dare they hire people who know what they're doing. And they never bothered to get coaching. Now the benefit was six months later, we could all buy this equipment at half price on eBay, (laughs) but at the same time, learn to play your instrument. That is, uh, I mean, there is, they're not a casting director, In the world, who goes, is that that sounds like a TLM 103? Nobody cares. What they care about is that you sound like you give a damn about what you're talking about. Amen. You you turn in a convincing performance. So, if for whatever reason you're not booking, and we all go through, well, maybe not you guys, but I certainly sometimes go through slumps where I'm just not booking. And what I do is I call my arsenal of coaches, you know, and I'm like, all right, I need an hour name here. Here's a hundred dollars. I need an hour. What am I doing? Right. Um, Mark, when in the nineties, I lived in St. Louis and I used to go watch Mark McGuire, uh, prepare to break Roger Maris's home run record. Right. And I was at the game when he broke the record, by the way. And I used to go early to watch McGuire take batting practice with his coach. And there was a dude standing right next to Mark McGuire doing exactly the same thing my dad did with me in 1975 when I was holding a wiffle ball bat. And he said the same thing. Point your toes. Watch the ball. Choke up on the bat. Follow through on your swing.
1: Because Don't, be, a, don't be above learning.
3: Don't be don't. above learning. Never be above learning. Never be above learning. But I think you can always learn something from somebody.
1: You're, you're, you're again, you're doing a great job of tying this back to where we started with this conversation. We're going to segue into more roadblocks, but is one, don't be, don't isolate yourself. Two, always be learning. But three, with the roadblock, you know, topic we're covering here is if you're feeling stuck. Reach out to a coach. Reach out to um, there's peer groups. Some are free, some are paid. Read the read the um, the marketing book that you haven't read in years because you were like, yeah, I was already doing it. I don't need to go circle back to it. Go back and read it again, and maybe it'll spark a new idea. Uh, read about um, another genre. I know um, Julia Sheflet You know she's got a video game book. Oh, that book
3: is book. so good.
1: Yeah, that book so is so good. Moving just keep staying present, keep staying involved in the industry, what's going on and learning. And that will, you know, for nothing else, will at least occupy your time and still grow you as an actor and a business person until you start booking. All right, A.B., back to you. So
0: one of the most common roadblocks that we saw reiterated in multiple forms was related directly to running a business. And I know... a lot of people come into this not realizing they're going to have to run a business, right? So time management, inability to focus, finances, prioritizing work, it's a roller coaster of a lot of things. So how do we how do we learn to be good business people and get past that roadblock? So maybe we break it down and start with like inability to focus. How can we work on that? what does anybody have any specific suggestions?
3: We. Are. As the mouthy kid in Catholic school, uh, <laughs> I was taught focus or else, right? Um, now, having said that, what are your distractions, right? Um, some some wiser voiceover mentor than me made a list of what he called time sucks. And social media, massive time suck, right? Uh, thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, massive time suck. It's priority. What do you got to do? You got to get your audition in. Guess what? Better be first on your list, right? And if you can't focus, what works for me is to literally stand in my booth, not hit record, not do anything, but stand in the booth and just get centered and go, okay, this is where I'm going to be for the next ten minutes. In through your nose, out through your mouth. What do I need to be? I need to be a penguin. I need to be a pirate. I need to be a a hockey coach. Okay, for the next ten minutes. I'm going to be a hockey coach, right? But what are those things that distract you? Is it like the kids? That. Is it the lawnmower? Is it is it social media? Holy mo- it, it, You don't have to respond to every email as soon as you get it. And the last thing you need to do is respond to your text as soon as you what? get it. That stuff can wait.
1: But yeah. you know, you hit on something really also, I know for the fellow ADHDers in the room, is also not over committing yourself you just said it. Go in for 20 minutes, 10, 30. Don't overcommit yourself to where you feel this obligation to get in your booth, strip down, sweat, and you're like, damn it, I'm going to just knock all these things. I'm just going to. Oh my gosh. That's, a, again, another false expectation to think that you are going to successfully. Ju- I mean, now to the audiobook people in the room, uh, the narrators. Right outstanding you have a little more stamina for that but mentally well we may all have the stamina but mentally when it comes to that focus allow yourself a break too when you overcommit, then you just like you said you're stressing yourself out you start thinking about something else you lose you lose your center like you said right and we get distracted and now we're just not even focused on the copy our character our acting nothing so yeah. breaking it up during the day, I think, is a great way to overcome that roadblock.
2: And you sound yeah. distracted. You don't sound yeah. like you're. Present. You're not going to book anything if you're reading copy. You don't read it. You have to be it. You know it. So yeah.
0: Well, for me, when it comes to the business side of things, um, my, I do have pretty extreme ADHD, and I can't medicate and. I have a lot of things in my life, and it is hard to balance all of those things. And one really practical advice that I can give that has worked really well for me, and it works um, in re- across industries, is that I use Post-its, like good old-fashioned sticky notes. And I put up at the beginning of the week or the end, the beginning of the day, sometimes all of the things that I know I need to accomplish. And I'm, I'll break it down small, like send five emails to send five marketing emails, you know, connect with someone on LinkedIn and engage with their content for three days in a row. Do you know, like I'll just be very specific (laughs) about my goals. Um, Send that invoice. I'll write down which invoice needs to be sent, Uh, you know, reach out to past people that you've worked with. Like, and then I put them all up and I, when I finish it, I pull them off. I ball it up into a ball and I throw it in the garbage and that feels really good. And I can see my list getting smaller as the week goes on or the day goes on. And that is a physical thing that helps me to focus. So if one roadblock for you is that you've got creative brain, you're struggling to focus and balance things. Um, that is one thing that really, really works for me. Um, Amy, JT.
3: Go. go ahead. Uh, you're, you're, to put a real fine point on it, specificity helps Mm -hmm. you accomplish your Your goal. What you just defined is breaking out the nebulous cloud of all the stuff that we need to do into bite-sized little pieces and saying, I need to send this invoice instead of where do I start? It's all right there and it's enumerated for you. I I before I go to bed every night, I've got a yellow legal pad and I go, Okay, I gotta get this audition in by nine o'clock. I got this one in by 10. I got to do my radio show by four o'clock. I got to do this and this and this and that, right? And so I know it. And when I get up and after I'm done with that cup of coffee, first thing on the list goes. And I'm yep. not standing there going, well, what am I, I going to do now? Because I've got all this stuff I need to do. And there's this nebulous world of voiceover in my business. No, man, I got very specific things I need to accomplish. And yep. you're doing the same thing with Post-it notes. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah. And I think and this I blends in. Yes, you have the voiceover
2: planner book I do. thing, and right? Honestly, though, it's it's similar to what Tim does with his notebook. Every day. Okay. Um, right. I have Nick but it's every day, all the things I need to do at the top. And then I'm all, I'm also very specific on my calendar app. So I take all the things from my calendar and I do those from the bottom up. And I, I feel accomplished when I cross those things off, but it has to be written down or I will forget it.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think this blends in a little bit with the work life balance. And, and I say and NJ says there's no such thing as balance. Like there, we're not, there's no such thing as work-life balance. And and I saw that repeated a lot in the uh, Facebook comments was I can't balance everything. I can't balance. It's work-life prioritization. Right. And I think it's also for me, work-life anticipation. There are certain things that I know are going to happen a certain way in advance. And for example, my agent typically wants their auditions done by 9 a.m. They'll send them the day before and they want them turned in the next day by 9 a.m. My kid gets on the bus at 8.45 a.m. So I should in my brain go, I should do this the night before because there's no way it's all going to work and everything's going to be perfect. But I don't do that. Frequently, I'm like, no, 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 I'll get it done in the morning. I'll just get up and while he's eating breakfast, I'll run out and do that. I'll, and no, I don't. And then I'm running in the booth at 8:40 nine and throwing that audition in, you know, we've got to anticipate those moments in our life, those times that we know are going to be trouble spots and work around them. I've got to be more specific about doing those auditions at night so that I'm not stressed and and that is, it's important to anticipate those things. So that I think helps us to prioritize our work and our life as picking the times a day that we block off. What well, and that's,
1: saying? yeah, I mean, th- that's why I always say there's no such thing as balance because, yeah, there's things you can't anticipate. There's a million things you can't anticipate. The kid gets sick and you're like, well, now I'm, okay, that's off the t-. you know, you have to, and there's days, I know all of us have done this as parents, as mothers, where we've just been like, it's a mom day. Kids are a mess. We got homework. I got a phone. Then that's where that prioritization, I could say, yes. good luck, kids mom's going to the, you guys go deal with your emotional problems over there and your bad day at school. But there's just days where you go, I'm just, I cannot get any on. I'm just not doing, you know, online casting today. I'm just, you know, again, like if something comes from an agent, great. But I mean, otherwise you just go, this is my priority is the kids or the family, or I've been gone. I went to a conference for four days. I haven't even seen the laundry room. I, that's gotta, I just gotta get that done. So that's why I tell, I always use the word prioritization because some days you can get in the booth and just rock it all you go you know make sure everybody's you know outside playing and and they're occupied so you can prioritize your time in the studio that day but then another day that changes and so I don't believe there's anything unless you're a gymnast balance comes into (laughs) pretty much nothing that's the gymnast (laughs) right
3: and i mean this this is a this is a fun job make no mistake but i've always been inspired by a story that i heard uh about a friend of um well a friend who uh was actually in the studio with the beatles at one point he was a visitor in in abbey road studios with the beatles and you know you expect the beatles to be all walking around and having fun and oh we're gonna cut this record in there right and they're just they're goofing around but it was john who said all right, boys, enough tea. Let's get back in the studio. Let's do the work. We've got to record, right? We're on a deadline. We've got to do this. And John John, cracked the whip. And I thought, man, if John Lennon, who had at that time sold more records than anybody else in the world, says, all right, let's get to work. It's, that was his priority in that moment. And as fun as this is, um, if you wait until you feel like doing it, you will never feel like you're doing it.
1: That's an excellent point. An excellent point. So, self-discipline. So, AB, how do you? This is perfect. Like, how do you, you, you say I make post-it notes, and you say, I, you know, we talk about the prior. I have got to get the auditions done. Self-discipline. Um, you know, is it just a mental game? Do you have a couple cheerleaders, or who, you know, accountability folks who are like, hey, did you get that? You know, are you getting in the booth? Are you reaching those goals today? What do you say to people who are like, I, like Tim said, I just I can't crack the whip on myself. Like, how do you get in the booth and get to work?
0: Um, I think it goes back to that what Tim said. For me, the way that I do it is um, I I do the thing I love, which is the auditioning. And if I can get into the booth and do two or three auditions, or just even read out loud, you know, like grab a book and just read out loud and record it, um, or sometimes I sing because. That's fun. Nobody's paying me to do it until this week. I did get paid to sing this week. This is the first time ever. But um Yeah, I know. Super cheerleader moment. Uh but so once I get in and do a couple of auditions, it's like my mindset is able to shift into work mode and I can kind of leave all of the rest of it at the door. And then it's easier for me to just transition into doing some business things. I'd love to be one of those people that does time blocking where they're like, okay, for 45 minutes. I'm gonna work on this. And then for 45 minutes, I'm gonna work on that. I'm not there yet. An email pops up and like Tim said, you don't have to answer it, but an email pops up and I'm like, oh, I need to check that. And then I'm suddenly I'm working on email and then my uh, LinkedIn message dings and suddenly I'm over on LinkedIn and then I'm like, oh crap, I gotta get that audition done. So yeah, there is some level of, of uh, insanity in the creative brain that we just have to embrace a little bit, I think. Um, time blocking is something that does work for people. But you bring up a good point, though, that we are often our own worst enemy. I saw, I think it was uh, David Gilbert who posted in the Facebook group that his biggest roadblock is himself. Right. And it's it's not just time management or um, the ability to uh, self-discipline. It's sometimes it's self-limiting beliefs. You know, and imposter syndrome, overthinking, getting really caught up in the rejections. I mean, early in my career, I'd literally every single audition, I'd go back and check to see, did they did they give me a thumbs up? Did they like it? What did they think? You know, and I'd be devastated if I didn't get that all important shortlist or thumbs up. And now I'm like, I don't even know. I don't I don't even know. Because Send it and forget it. Send it and forget, send it, and forget, forget it. it. Yep.
2: Yeah. So how like, do you, you guys deal with the ether and what happens happens?
0: How do you deal with self-limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome? Like, what, do you, what does that even mean? What does self-limiting beliefs mean, NJ?
1: Well, one, I'm unique. Well, maybe not unique. I bet there's other people. I don't deal with imposter syndrome. And I, I don't. And I can confidently say that. But I have been in adjacent industries for a very long time. And so I have a very thick skin. And so, I, again, I'm a music theater a girl I mean oh my gosh I've I've auditioned for shows where I sang for about seven and a half seconds and they're like thanks next you know I mean like so you kind of get that build up but I I just think I'm unique uh in that for people who know me I just I own who I am and certainly as friends of mine I tell people like you either get on the train (laughs) we're gonna have a lot of fun or don't I know Tim Tim knows
3: I do know. I know very well. And I like the the train is awesome.
1: (laughs) But so the imposter syndrome part, do I empathize and sympathize a thousand, you know, a thousand percent. But this is where JT's comment, her post today comes in. So what I would speak to is. That questioning, that being patient, that, uh, you know, the inability, like I want to get hired now. And what do I got to do to get the job? Now and, and I've, I've I've been doing it for three months or six months or what it like. Why isn't this happening now? And so it's more of that that patience part. But as far as the imposter syndrome, don't I think other people can speak to it better than I can to question should I be here? And I would just say you need to just start saying yes. If you want to be a part of the play, you want to be part of this show, then show up and and find your you know be present we've said that several times now, be present and own who you are. Um, that's an interesting thing. I find, you know, like my kids, for example, man, they are very confident in who they are. I've asked my daughter many times. She's, um, 14 Eleanor. She, and I'll say, you know, do you feel like you, do we need to do different clothes? Do you want to dress like the other girls? You know? what? And she goes, no, mom, I like my fashion shorts and a t-shirt. And I was like, I like your fashion too. It saves me a heck of a lot of money, but, <laughs> but it's interesting that I think children, we, we, we're, we feel like they're so fragile and it's actually the adults that are yeah. way more fragile. And they're thinking, go, Tim, what do you want to say?
3: Well, you know, everybody worries about, am I mean, doing the right thing? And once you release the fact that there is no right thing, uh, you are free to do whatever you want. That, the, the beauty of improvisation, here we go, uh, is yes and yes. You accept whatever information you're given and you just add to it and it, it gives you the freedom to be and do whatever you want. Concurrent with me starting my voiceover career, I was also a stand-up on the Sunset Strip. And I got really lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. So I was backstage at the Comedy Store with Chris Rock. I watched uh, Eliza Schlesinger write her set and win uh, Last Comic Standing back in 2007. And we were dear friends and worked together. And what I found out is that the people who are successful... Deal with the same garbage I do. They are just as insecure. They're just as messed up. They're just as sad. And they didn't know how they got there either, except that they kept showing up and working harder at being better at what they were. There's a legendary story about Freddie Prince, right? Freddie Prince Jr.'s father was a brilliant stand up comedian, and he would agonize over uh, the phrasing of a, of a, of a, of a, of a a punchline so that it would land perfectly and he would record all his sets so that's what i would do right i had a literally i had a cassette recorder off stage and i would listen in the car on the way home and go all right how what was that laugh like and you just keep working at it and working at it but the last thing that i would ever do is not show up for a set right show up when you've got the gig there's an open mic at some coffee shop on ventura somewhere go do the thing right the If you're showing up and you're earnest and you're coachable, the odds are unlikely that someone will go, this is not for you, right? If you just show up, take the note, thank you, don't argue with your coach, (laughs) and and take the note, right? And
1: what about having cheerleaders? You know, I think that makes a difference too. JT, why don't you speak to that? You know, because you've been in the business a long time, and I don't think it's out of Place to say sometimes you've questioned, like, huh? But when you have cheerleaders, boy, does that boost your morale and reinforce you're like, no, I am doing this right. I've been doing this for 15 years and I am good. But we do, we get in our own heads. But doesn't it help having just a couple people, a group of people, you know, who can just lift you up? It does. And going back to what you said earlier about not
2: self isolating. I didn't know that there was a community of voice actors out there. I was in my, when we moved here, I was in my basement and by myself and didn't really know that there were conferences. I saw the other people on, you know, the, the casting sites, but I didn't know that there were Facebook groups. I didn't know that there were communities. And so until about two years ago, I spent the first 15 years of my career just muddling through, not thinking I was good. That's why I never even tried to get an agent. I didn't think I was good enough. You know, so (laughs) lo and behold,
1: (laughs) turns out I'm pretty good at this thing. Meanwhile, she's been booking national spots. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But because you had
0: no frame of reference for that. To recognize right. just how good you were doing and how successful you were, and sometimes it takes reaching out, making friends, um, and then giving back. Right? Like, yes, putting back in, and that's that's been really important.
2: Yep. Mark Cashman's fifth leg is a, a real thing.
0: Yep, <laughs> giving back
2: to the community, but yeah, it's right. So it's so important to have that person that you can go to and say, oh, "Man, I just." I just blew this audition and talk through it with them. Yep. Or I've got a callback and I'm really nervous about it to have somebody who understands that instead of you sitting in your booth, just sweating, waiting for the, the time to turn the switch. You know,
0: I think one really big, important thing besides having people in the industry who get it is bringing your, your non VO support group on board. Whoever that is for you, whether for, for each of us, it's our spouse, right? Like we bring our, our husbands, can talk VO, like with the best of them. Uh, I mean, in, JT's husband did voiceover, right? Like he he was in radio for years. My husband, the day that I said that I wanted to be an audiobook narrator, because that's where I began, he was on the computer researching microphones, like that day. He's like in in with me a hundred percent. And, and he has always been my support. And I think by having that family support, that even when I, you know, yesterday I got released for a job through my agent that I was really excited to do. And I didn't, I'd been on hold for a week. Like they'd, every day they pushed it off. And I was just, I was feeling really crappy. And, um, I was just able to talk to him about that. And he gets it because he's been listening from the beginning. So bringing our, that. Bringing our family in and it can be a really good key thing to getting past roadblocks.
3: Having said that, choose those people very carefully. And I tell I tell my students, if you're not in the ring, getting your ass kicked with me, I am not interested in your feedback. Right? Um, I've been a, a comedian, an actor and a voice actor, which means I'm an incredible disappointment to my parents who wanted me to be anything else, right? <laughs> and so I'm used to the detraction, and that at some point I got deaf to that. And so when you play your demo for your friend who works at the tire store or you play your demo for your cousin who's the manager of a grocery store and they go, well, you don't sound like a radio guy. Who cares what he thinks? So choose your choir so that they have the uh, the credibility. Having also having said that, when your friends book work, applaud, yep. applaud Cheer, loud, yes. and drop the envy, because to compare is to despair. We clap for others so that they clap for us when it is our turn.
1: So yep. let so now I'm going to jump in and keep us rolling on roadblocks, and and this is one that I really. I'm very passionate about, uh, and that is having unrealistic goals. So just like you said, you're like, I'm not booking the job, or I really want to do this thing. And one of the most important things you can do as a talent, whether you're new, newer, or working, is to know the industry to understand how it works. So I'm going to give you a really great example. Disney everyone's like oh that's my goal i'm just gonna i'm gonna do duets on social media i'm gonna tag disney and they're gonna find me and then i'm going to be in a disney i'm getting the lead role in a singing and you know animated film (sighs) so the reality is disney ain't gonna touch you unless you're union you're not gonna get you There, there there's so many there's so many levels of this that these goals, although in theory are really cool and exciting, you're, they're not going to happen. And I get to be the rain cloud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> AB knows AB's, AB's a big dreamer and I come in and I like poop on her stuff, but in a nice way, in a constructive way. Um, <sighs> is there such thing as constructive pooping? Anyway. the um, Yes. But the point being, yes. <laughs> the point being you got to learn the industry. And when your goals are so big... Everybody else's goals are that too. Not everybody, but you know what I mean. When there's that kind of shiny thing that so many people want, I think it's great to have the ambition. I think that is very important to have the drive and, you know, something to work towards. But we have to understand the steps the process to get there or you will be spinning your wheels tim you're nodding your head you yes in?
3: the beatles yeah. are a great example of this jen the beatles appeared in 1964 had five number one hits all in a row that did not happen overnight it started 10 years earlier with four to five guys playing eight hours a day seven days a week in hamburg germany for unappreciated Uh, unappreciative post-war German audiences who couldn't care less and I'll tell you like if you play guitar for eight hours a day seven days a week for six years you'll be as good as George Harrison right but they didn't just appear and become the Beatles and there were tons of band who who showed up at that time and said well they have guitars I have guitar let's do that and they never left the garage because What's that
1: what's that phrase they didn't pay that their expression band. Yeah, what's that expression? It took Pay you your dues? Years, no, 10 years to become an overnight exes- success, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: right? Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: so true. It's so true. I do want to transition a little bit to some of the things that are roadblocks that we can't control. Um because there there were several people who talked about their health. And those are some and disability you know, those are things that we can't do anything about on a work level. So um, we had people in the group with genetic disorders, chronic pain, I have chronic migraines, multiple sclerosis, wheelchair bound, blind. Um, There's a lot of people who have non-normal, That's non-neurotypical, or I don't know, differently abled, we'll say differently abled. And how do we get past those roadblocks that appear in our careers.
3: I have taught blind uh voice acting students. And one of them said to me, "Look, I just accept the fact that it's going to be 20% harder for me than everybody else, right? You just you you just do it. The, the good news is in voice acting nobody 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 even notices if you have a a, a physical disability, right? If it doesn't matter. As long as you can sound like what you need to be fine. Right. The but the rest of the compensation, I know guys who I know, jazz musicians who produce uh, using uh, audio software that has no visual component at all. The whole thing is completely audible. I can't imagine anything more difficult than editing audio without being able to visualize the waveforms on a computer. It's crazy. But he gets done and the dude's Grammy nominated. Right. Um, how do I, I don't, I don't know how to assess or how to uh, work with someone else's disability any better than, I certainly don't know better than they do.
0: That's a great point. That's a great point. There's a girl I follow on TikTok and I apologize. I cannot remember her name, but she is a narrator. She's an audiobook narrator and a very accomplished one. She has lots of books under her belt and she has chronic migraines that are crippling, like hemiplegic migraines, I think is what they are. And she last week was posting that there were people saying, you shouldn't be talking about this online because authors aren't going to want to work with you because they're going to think you're not going to be able to complete their project. And I think that that is a a, a vulnerability that, that she put out there that is a beautiful thing and not a detriment. And she said, you know what? If that author doesn't want to work with me, I don't want to work with them because I get my work done. I have to do it my way. And I think it's finding that path. Um, I deal with migraines. I know that when I have a migraine, I'm not going to go out and record any audio. It's well, simply not going pri- to work.
1: Yeah. And that comes back to that prioritization. Only you know your limitations, your boundaries, what you have the stamina for, what you're capable for, what your day-to-day looks like. You said it so beautifully earlier, AB, about, you know, there's just there's just things that, um, oh God, sorry. I said you said it so beautifully and then it just left me. But It's, it's just knowing, you know, yeah, what you can control, but everybody's journey is different. And so, although we are speaking to it, you really need to know yourself and, and own that. And you're right. If the day, if, if I'm just too tired, I'm hurting. And Tim said it, there'll be more auditions tomorrow, you know, and, and this should not be a burnout job. This should not be a, your health gets compromised Your mental health, your physical health, you shouldn't compromise yourself. But also, auditions, I think this is another thing to tie in, like with that goals and and the work life, life work prioritization is you don't necessarily, if you really think about it, you're not auditioning for 10 hours a day, right? Like, what is your, you know what I mean? Like, I think we can, again, get that um, unrealistic goal in our head. Even when people say, I want to do 10 to 20 auditions a day and, and more power to them if they can find them and they get them, that's great. But even if I broke that down, what's that number look like, Tim? How long am I in the booth for 10 auditions?
3: Uh, for 10 auditions, in if theory. you're in, in theory, if you're in the booth for 10 auditions uh, and you're in the booth for more than, than two hours, maybe two and a half tops, you're overthinking stuff, right? Like you don't need to do 30 takes of an audition, even if you're super green, get yourself present in the scene and just act man. And that's.
1: So I think we think it's like when people, this is the other thing that kills me. And I do. And I, before we wrap up, I want to, I think this is a great capstone topic is people who go, who say, I want to do VO full time and i i also am anti i hate that terminology because it implies that i am working in the united states of america our mentality when we go what's your full time job that says i work 9 to 5 in a space and I, you know and i get a 30 minute lunch break right like we get that in our head and we talk about i need to be a full time voice actor for me if what that means is you want voice acting to be to sustain you that's your that is your income that can sustain you that is one thing but we know very successful voice actors erica j uh michael scott very successful voice actors they're working full-time they work at a job that has nothing to do with vo and i guarantee you they are making A sustainable income, an income that would sustain them if they chose to quit their full-time job. So I think getting that mixed up. What does it mean to, like, I? So again, that expectation of I want to go full-time. Well, I mean, okay, but is it money or is it the time? You want to be in the booth for eight hours a day? I don't know anybody who wants to do that. So they don't equate. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. And I think okay. it is important to acknowledge what, like what you're saying, what I, how I tell people is I make a full time income, but I don't put in full time hours. If I put in more hours, I could make more of an income, but I do this job so that number one, because I love it, but number two, so that I have the flexibility to be home with my children when they need me. Um, but I think it's so vital to acknowledge that this is not a career of consistency. You cannot <laughs> expect a the exact same paycheck, the exact same way every month. And there are going to be, there are going to be ups and downs. There's going to be flux. You cannot say I'm going to be able to pay my bills every month the exact same way because there are going to be, yeah, Tim says chicken one week feathers the next, right? Like for me, I, you have to know that going in and you have to accept it over and over and over again, because there are going to be things outside of your control. That are going to stop you from being able to work and for me recently it was that i had a major surgery and i was out and i really did not do very much work and i i went to go do some finances and i was like well how much money did i make in the month of august zero dollars i made zero dollars and i it's been five years since i've had a zero dollar month right and that was something completely outside of my control it was something that had to happen and I had to acknowledge it and allow myself to rest. And my besties talked to me through it. JT.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just I'm looking at the clock and I realized that we could get into a whole other discussion on finances. And maybe that's a topic for another day. But it is the top of the hour. And, uh, Tim, we just want to thank you for being here with us and sharing with us. Um, before you go, we usually ask three for fun questions, James Lipton style. But we'll keep it. Uh, we'll keep it just to one. Ah. Because, you know. For
3: you, i got time for three. Go ahead.
2: Are you sure? Okay. Yeah, hit me. All right. Question number one. What singer, band, or composer are you most enjoying right now?
3: Uh, The solo work of Michael Nesmith.
2: Nice. Very nice.
3: The first three albums, by the way. Wow. They're they're amazing.
2: I'll have to check that out. I haven't haven't heard a lot. Do you like the Eagles? Yeah.
3: Then you're going to love it.
2: All right. Cool. What
3: else?
2: Um, if you listen to podcasts, what podcast are you listening to right now?
3: I am not listening to podcasts, but I will plug a really good one. Uh, it's called Carcerum and it is an audio drama, uh, that, and there's like 30 episodes and some of the best voice acting you've ever heard is in it. Maurice LaMarche is in it. Rob Paulson is in it. Uh, Jane Lynch is isn't it? And so am I. And it's produced (laughs) by the very talented Bill Holmes and Shane Salk, who are dear friends of mine in Los Angeles. I miss you guys. All
2: right. We'll be checking that out for sure. And last but not least, our favorite question. What is your favorite dessert?
3: Oh, 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 so many. Um, We're in this weird time of year right now where you can get Count Chocula. Right. (laughs) So so like I make a point to buy a box, get sick and swear that I'm never going to buy another box again. And I've been doing that probably my entire adult life, but my favorite dessert would have to be my aunt Lena's. um, My aunt Lena's lemon meringue pie that was homemade and she would make her own lemon curd. Oh Okay. So it's it's old school. This wasn't the the, the jello box, man. This was <laughs> this was old school. My great grandmother came from the Pyrenees and this was her her daughter's uh recipe and there's wow. there's nothing like like she's been gone twenty five years and I can still taste it.
2: Wow. That's awesome.
3: Behaving in a truthful manner under imagined circumstances. That's what But we I do.
2: have to ask, where is Count Chocula a seasonal thing?
3: Oh, uh, uh, in where I am, Western New York, uh, and it was seasonal in Los Angeles. It, it, it was available 12 months a year uh, in the 70s and 80s. And then uh, I, I believe that it is now currently seasonal everywhere except Texas.
2: Huh. I guess I don't eat enough of it to notice, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm a Frankenberry girl.
3: Also available seasonally as well. So (laughs) I've now just screwed myself out of any contract from General Mills. but but it's it's delicious thank you ladies i have been a fan of the besties from the minute i found out about Uh, you which was very early in your career and uh nj has been uh, just a dear friend always and super helpful and part of my choir always so uh really happy to uh to be a part of it thank you all very much
1: well thank you for joining us we really need to switch up those questions next year maybe we'll ask our facebook group for some new uh some new stuff Yeah, James Lipton question. So, again, thank you, Tim. Thanks to everyone who showed up at our LinkedIn Live and those who are listening to our podcast after the fact. We just appreciate you guys so much. Uh, We are here um, every Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, Meanwhile, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn. JT, Alicia, and I, we we love hanging out on LinkedIn, so connect with us. Me too. And Tim, all right, he's given us the, the go-ahead. You can uh, connect with Tim. Uh, I want to give a special thank you, is he still here, to Jacob Schwerer, who joined us today. So when A.B. was talking about pe- connecting with really fantastic people outside of voiceover, he is a great yes. one. You'll see him down there. He's got the amazing red hair and his um, 1989 uh, windsuit on. I love it. I had one. <laughs> anyway, so... Also, join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group if you haven't already. If you missed an episode, you can uh, find a recording on our website, boothbesties.com, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. As usual, we would love it if you would leave us a review. Those reviews help us reach more listeners who are looking for great voiceover content. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Over to you, AB. And
0: once again, make sure you're signed up for our VO Booth Besties newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead. And every Monday, we offer an accountability group, which is a great way to get that feedback from peers that we were talking about. It's at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, hosted by Nevin Stoltz, and as well as a second group at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, headed up by Jess Matheson. You can set goals and work through them together. It's awesome.
2: And next Thursday, we will be joined by Dave Walsh, who is going to be talking to us about finding your authentic voice. And I guarantee you don't want to miss it. Thank you for being here and have a great rest of your day, everybody.
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be
2: sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going
1: video booth booth besties Besties. yeah it's a thing. thing